Hey there, welcome to the next episode of Design Under Influence video series. Here are your hosts, Alex and Boris. Boris, what's going on, man? Hey, Alex, what's going on? It's a nice day out. Not too hot, so that's good. Not too hot. Well, who knows when people are watching? What if it's like 16 years from now and Corona is no longer a thing? Well, so on October the 8th of 2020, it's not too hot in the Bay Area. This is your waypoint. Uh, Now it's a marker. Okay. Today we're talking about a subject that's near and dear to all of us business owners, all of us who take any kind of leadership role in the business. And the subject is very simple and we all heard it 100% of the times, guaranteed. Subject is, hey, my IT guy tells me we cannot do this. Boris, you want to open that up a little bit, a little bit, and, and let's you the IT guy. So, how do you feel about that? Well, I'll tell you what. Um, I mean, that was kind of my my attitude. Maybe fifteen, I'd say it was fifteen or even sixteen years ago. That was kind of my attitude. You know, having already experienced for about ten years, and kind of thinking that I knew everything there is to know about IT. That was basically what I would tell you know, people I work with or people I work for as a first answer, right? It's like, you know, you know we, we can't do this. And here's why. And I got, I, one, one time I got kind of burned by it. And since then, um, I completely switched my attitude 180 degrees, right? The story goes like this. I basically, I was helping out, uh, working with a VC firm, and one of the partners of the VC firm. Venture capitalist, VC. Yes, venture capital, yep. exactly. And these are people who are not used to no, at all, right? <laughs> <laughs> they have a lot of money. Uh, they're not used to know. He basically asked me a couple of questions of how to do certain things on his laptop. And I mean, at that point, I basically told him, oh, no, there's no way we can do this. So when I got back to the office, um, and this, I was working for a consultant firm at that time. When I got back to the office, I got a call from my manager who said, you know, this VC firm is, does not want to work with you anymore. Don't go to their office tomorrow. And when I asked why, he basically said, look, our first answer should always be, let's try to understand the problem. Let's think about what you're trying to do and let's see how we can get it accomplished. We only say no after we've kind of went through this process to figure out if there's anything else we can do. And if, you know, if there's really a technical limitation where we can't do this with the current setup, we don't even say no then. We say, let's look at some possible solutions here. Maybe we'll need to invest more money. How, you know, how much does this worth to you or to the business? And that, that's how I learned. That's how I learned. But um, a lot of IT people that we've worked with through the years, internal IT, when I come in and being a consultant, there has been a few that still have that attitude of, we always started this way, so we're not going to change, which is not a great attitude to have. Uh, for any business. Well, especially if we're talking about technology being your competitive advantage. How do you make, how do you balance? And you and I always have these conversations and you've been on other podcasts. uh, You've been invited to multiple, multiple interviews on a subject, specifically now during the Corona virus stuff is like the security and safety. And and like (laughs) you mentioned every, think of every email being bad. We'll come back to this, but Every email being bad and, and sort of you only open it if you know someone. You, you yourself brought up some really good points like, hey, if you're doing some business development, what if it's from prospective client? Like there are, there's a balance here somewhere. But this is my experience with IT people. 
And it's always, almost always there in this box that is disconnected from the business. This is the biggest challenge. Even internal IT, somehow they feel that it's their privilege to be disconnected from the business. Like I would just whack my finger and say, no, 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 no. Like you need to understand that you're part of the organization. Your work directly, directly is related to the success and outcome of the business. And I could never understand why people don't get it. But my experience is this exact thing is uh, whenever you ask your IT provider or your internal IT person for something, it's like this never ending no that you have to overcome. So you have to want it really, really bad to fight for it with your IT personnel. And that's not the way to do it. I could never understand. Here's Boris. Let me, let me, let me play this by you. Why don't IT people say, hmm, interesting. What are you trying to accomplish? Instead of shutting things down or just taking things so literally that uh, almost taking offense at me asking to install a certain app or, or, or have certain productivity hack or whatever the case may be. Like, why wouldn't they try to understand what my end goal is? Wouldn't that be the easiest path? Sure, that would be. Look, again, going back, I'm an IT guy myself, right? But I've learned through experience. And a lot of times what happens is you are so engulfed in a day-to-day tactical stuff, just basically task-based work, where you don't even bother to kind of ask those questions, right? So you have somebody... You're doing task, 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 task. Somebody comes in and says, look, I think it'll be better if we do it this way. Is there a technology out there that can help us? And you're like, well, you can switch easily from the task-based work to strategic work. And that's basically a strategic question that you're being asked, right? You're being being asked a question of help improve something as opposed to kind of just fix, 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 fix. And I think that's where the problem is. It's, It's that. In addition, it's protecting your domain, right? So protecting what you have worked so, invested so much time into building and kind of a lot of IT people, especially if it's a single person running an IT department feel that this is their baby, right? So making changes to it is, no, 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 we can't do that, right? So that's part of it too. And, you know, maybe in some cases even job security, right? If we keep it the way it is and nobody really knows what this is, I'm the only guy who knows it, then, you know, my job is secure. Like I, I had an experience with that where one of the clients we work with, they were running some like old free Unix system for their file server. And all the users, was con- they would constantly complain because it was slow and they couldn't take advantage of all the features that, you know, they had on their uh, laptops, they were using Windows laptops. So it wasn't fully compatible, but, the IT guy wouldn't do anything because he knew the system. And he also knew that if you went with a more generic system like Windows, Microsoft system, then uh, there'd be an easy way, you know, if he messes up to find somebody else who can support the system. Mm, okay. Well, this is, it, it brings me to my next topic of exploration within this particular cast. Why do you think what I see most IT support companies are sort of generalists? They're not specialists. They're not industry specific. Like Arc IT, let's just be well, full disclosure, Arc IT, man, we, we only work with architecture design and engineering firms. Like we sort of you've picked that as a as a focus and you've been like disciplined. I mean, yeah, there's some clients that fall within around that category, but a lot of them are most of them and everyone that you're targeting are in that category. That way you can support different 
aspects of their business more strategically. Okay. But why do you, you think other IT firms are sort of generalists? That's, that's a really tough question, Alex. Um, as I give it more thought and as I've given it some thought, I, I always think that, well, A, I guess A is they just feel that focusing on a single industry, you know, may limits. impact. Sorry? Limits their uh, customer pool, their available customer pool. Yeah, exactly. So limits their customer pool also may impact their business down the line. What happens if just that industry has a downturn, right? Then they're pretty much, you know, in, in a bad spot. I think that's kind of one um, of the reasons. But another reason is there, it's easier to run the business that way. And what I mean is it's easier to just solve basic computer problems, uh, solve basic networking issues, solve basic server problems, than to provide a valid business advice, right? And that's what we want to do is we want to understand the business so much that we, you know, we can be a business partner to our clients and provide valid business advice, not just fix you know, when my printer breaks or my computer can boot up. That's part of it. But to me, the biggest value is having the business conversations and strategic conversations. Like we talked about, can we do this? Yes, we can. Here, what are the risks? And here, what it's going to, you know, what it's going to cost you. I think the answer, I don't know. Yes, we do this. I think for as a business founder myself, what I would prefer my IT person would ask me is like, hey, what are you trying to accomplish? Because what I'm asking is not for a particular thing, even though my what I that's what I verbalize. What I'm asking for is a path to an outcome I'm looking for. My IT person needs to be interested in that outcome. We need to co-create that outcome. I'm willing to do that for sure. Hearing no sucks. Hearing yes, also not that good. Because guess what? Now you, potentially I'm putting my business in jeopardy without knowing all the answers. I mean, does that make sense? Like, so yes is bad and no is bad. <laughs> right, right. It's, it's about having a dialogue, right? And you're right. Asking why we're trying to do something is probably the most important next step so that both people that are having the dialogue understand that they're talking about the same thing. And the solution may be completely different than what you, the business owner, originally thought, right? So we need to implement this. The next question should be, why do you feel that this needs to be implemented? What are we trying to achieve in the business? And then, okay, now that we understand what we're trying to achieve, here's a few possible solutions that we can choose from. And here are, you know, all the pluses and minuses of both. And by the way, here's the financial statement for that too, because, you know, one solution could cost you a lot more than the other one, but it could be more beneficial to the business in a long run. So yes, having that dialogue is very important. Okay. So what, could you paint a picture for our listeners for an ideal relationship between their IT provider and themselves, whether it's internal, or external, like what's some of the things to look out for? How would they interview people or how would they review their existing relationships without being like, I don't want to be self-promotional here at all. Like that's not the point here, but like, look, we're trying to solve a complicated issue with this business. How would people go about solving that issue on their own, given their existing resources or, you know, just, just give us a little bit of a insight. Well, I think one of the major points is what we've just talked about in the previous uh, question, right? Is, is your IT provider willing to have a dialogue? I think that's the most important thing. And I think that's what separates technologies, success partners, and, you know, your true business partners and business consultants from just your basic IT guy who will just, again, 
mostly focus on fixing the technical issues. And look, many businesses think that they don't need, um, you know, the full business consultant and a strategic partnership, which Ooh. is fine too. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like these days, calm now. Don't, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. It's just no, like, no, no. I, I'm in this position. I'm laughing out loud because if I, if I don't think I don't need a technical uh, strategic partner, like I, I might as well start making succession plan for my business or, you know, hopefully it'll be a business soon. <laughs> Well, and you're right, but I mean, there's still, we, we both know that there's still a few people out there that think that they are the only ones who know what's good for their business and which is fine. Look, a business owner, I'm a business owner. It's my baby. I think I'm the only one who knows what's good for my business, but at the same time, I will always look for opportunities to improve and will ask, you know, my partners and my consultants for feedback and opportunities to improve, right? So that's, I think it's, it's about the mindset for the business owner, making sure that, you know, they're always open to avenues for improvement. But I think going back to your question in terms of ideal relationship. So yeah, having a dialogue would be number one. Um, number two for me is, you know, now that we focused on some of the strategic, we need to go back to the tactical, make sure that you're actually getting response, right? From your uh, partner, your provider. Right? and timely response. So if it's a critical issue that needs to be fixed right away, for example, then you know it's a tactical. tactical the, all the strategy response. can go out the window, right? If you can't execute on the battlefield and in the time and win the battle to continue your campaign, uh, continue your, you know, your growth and success of the business, then I get it. Yeah, it's like all that strategy is like just lip service. Exactly, exactly. Again, to me, the three keys are being strategic, being responsive, and being proactive. And by proactive mean, I mean, always look for ways to improve. Always talk to, as an IT company, always talk to your clients about possible ways to improve and make things better, right? Reach out, be the first to reach out. Don't always wait for a customer to come in with questions. So what sort of, uh, let's unpack the proactive uh, part a little bit. Um, uh, and I want to actually circle back and finish out on cost because I think that's an important subject because there's people listening right now are like, yeah, Boris, that's very nice, but... You know, it's going to cost major dinero to have you know a uh, a strategic, both strategic and um, and tactical partner in IT execution. But anyway, let's come back to uh, um, unpack the, the proactive point. What should they expect? What in ideal relationship? How that proactive works? Because I don't want my IT guy to call me every day and be proactive about <laughs> about selling me crap. Well, no, right. Uh, proactive actually means that all your systems are being proactively checked and managed and monitored, right, for any issues that may happen without you knowing. So that would be step one. Step two, proactive in, you know, helping realize additional, I guess, additional opportunities for improvement. And that's basically having, you know, monthly or quarterly conversations about what can be done going forward uh, with the current IT, with the current IT systems. And also, you know, having a roadmap that can be adjusted during those meetings as well. Or moving the business forward. Gotcha. Okay. Very good. Uh, so let's 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 come back and circle back and, and finish this out at cost structure. So or cost aspect. This sounds really really good to have a partner like this. How I mean, as a business, like I don't I'm, I have limited resources. I, I can't spend tens of thousands of dollars more than I'm already spending for the luxury of having this. Uh, the cost. The reason why I currently have my IT guy because he's cheap, right? Let's just face it. Like. It's cheap and get things done for me. It's, it's barely okay. Now I'm thinking about strategic 
uh, aspect of things? Like how does cost come into it? Well, <laughs> so this type of service should not necessarily cost you more than what you pay in our right? And by being more proactive, by being more strategic, you're probably going to eliminate a lot of the costs that you already have associated with, you know, with your current IT provider, right? Because what they're do most likely what happens if you don't have these other components is you just have issues upon issues that they come and fix, come and fix, come and fix, and those issues repeat themselves. Once you get the proactive component realized, it's basically the issues become less and less and less, so you don't have to pay for having your, you know, for having your IT come out and deal with these. I mean, and this is just financial, right? But also, there's less stress on your employees for dealing with these type of issues. There's, you know, less stress on you for, you know, even have to hear about them. So all of this kind of dominoes into your IT services and your IT costs being lower as opposed to what you have right now. Even though you're thinking that, you know, you know, I only have my IT guy here for four hours and I pay him half 150 bucks an hour. But in reality, those costs roll up and add up where the proactive and strategic service can lower your costs substantially. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. So two points, two main points. One is it, a good IT provider should cost, should, should carry a similar initial cost or service uh, MSP, I guess, a subscription cost. Um, you can find a good company that can be both strategic and tactical, though it's probably not that easy. And number two, a good company with the proactive measures will save not only cost in some of the some of the wastage, but also in productivity. Like you and I run this webinar on how to use technology as a competitive advantage for architects. And we unpack a couple of the uh, your client's cost savings, which are quite significant and validated, like true, in both the reduction of tickets, meaning reduction of people having to interrupt their day to call their IT provider and, and also saving hours and cost, cost in not being hacked or not having to recover from being hacked. And number two is uh, productivity gains, which are quite significant. So those are the components of cost. So don't take it from me, take it from Boris. He says companies like that exist and uh, you would not only have similar bill, but you would also have significant advantages from productivity and other business growth perspectives, right? That is exactly right, Alex. Okay. You had two stories in your back pocket for this. I think we can leave this for another day. Um, unless you really feel there's one or two of those stories like truly illustrate this point to take it home. Um, otherwise, we can just end here, but your call. I think we're good. Let's end it here. I think we've covered a lot of ground. Made it. I hope we made it very educational for our listeners. So uh, we'll save those for another episode. There'll be plenty. Yeah, very good. I think this is a hot topic. And I think, yeah, I think this is good. But please do send us questions. Uh, we're on Facebook. We're on LinkedIn. We're uh, getarcit.com is our website. Look, you can find Boris anywhere on those social networks. And, you know, he's very open and approachable with if you have questions. And otherwise, we hope this was helpful. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. See you, everyone.